In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Drop down to verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on, on his name. So, um, and then Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is as essential to our faith as the resurrection itself. You know, Paul said, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then we're the most miserable of all people. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, then our faith is nothing. Or we're, we're going to die in our sins. We might as well eat, drink, and be merry like everyone else. But this virgin birth of Jesus is also just as essential as, as the resurrection. It was the virgin birth through which God um, came into the human race and became one of us but in doing so he had to avoid the seed of, of spiritual death that was carried in the bloodline of Adam all through all, all the way down he, the, the, the seed of spiritual death had to be avoided and the way he did that was, was through the virgin birth um, the uh, a baby um, gets its blood from its father. And so uh, when, when Mary consented to being the, the mother of, of Jesus, it was, um, she, she said, be it unto me uh, as you will. Uh, let's let's look at that in Luke chapter one. The angel Gabriel came to Mary. And um, she was very surprised and and um, the angel, she, she said to the angel, you know, well, the angel said to her, okay, starting in Luke 1, verse 30, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, seeing I know not a man? That's a good question. The angel said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that 
holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Let's say that. Say, with God, with God, with God nothing, nothing shall be, nothing shall be impossible. impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And, as, and the, the instant that she said that and she gave her permission, then the supernatural seed of the divine Son of God was was uh, in, was was conceived in her womb and and started to grow. Um, God doesn't do anything in our life really without our permission. God doesn't invade our life without permission. And if you to to receive things from God. Even to be saved, God doesn't force anyone to be saved. He's he's all open book. Cards are all face up on the top of the table. There's no deception with God. God is love, and God is light. And when you love someone, and you and and there's there's nothing to hide. That's what love is. It it shows shows everything is completely transparent and gives people a free choice. And just just like that, she she became pregnant with with our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, so the miraculous conception happened by by permission. So Philippians chapter two Actually, I want to go to Colossians 1 first. The, the pre-incarnate Jesus was, was active in the creation of the world. It said the worlds were made through him. In Colossians 1, um, I'm going to start in verse... 16, it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and in him all things consist. Philippians chapter 2, just a few pages to the left. Verse 6 again. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. This is where he laid aside all of his all of the all of the supernatural elements of being God. God is um, all-knowing all-powerful, all-omnipresent, present everywhere, all at the same time. Um, Jesus laid those things aside mm -hmm. and uh, became one of us, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him and 
and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. So, so if we think about it, God, you know, we talked a little bit about the blood covenant a few weeks ago. God needed to come into the human race to redeem us. But he had to get Abraham's cooperation and Abraham's permission. I'd like to use your family. I'd like to I, I want. I want, I'm calling you. Abraham could have said no. He could have not cooperated with God. God would have had to pick somebody else. Um, but Abraham said yes to God. God gets entrance to his family to become the line that would bring forth the Messiah. God had to get permission from, from Mary to be the mother of, of Jesus. And then when we receive Jesus in our heart today, God needs our permission too. He doesn't push himself off on anybody. He doesn't invade anyone's life without their permission. He, he always respects our free will or our free moral agency. So, and when God's deliverance comes, comes it, it often comes, it seems like it always starts with a seed. Um, the answer always begins in seed form and then it grows. You know, Jesus was the word made flesh, but before he was made flesh, he was he was the word. He was the word spoken through the mouth of the prophets over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, it says in Psalms that he sent his word and, and, and healed us. And all the promises in, in the Bible, whenever we have a need, it always starts with a promise which can be, which is a, just a little seed that first of all gives us hope and then as, as, we, as we work with it and we start responding to God it, it produces faith in our life to be able to access to the, the things that we need from, from heaven right. um, when there's a need and God wants to do something new think about this there's often a new child born into the earth when a nation needs to be redirected or corrected or go another way, a baby is born. Why couldn't uh, why couldn't God just take you know uh, you know Israel had a lot of trouble. God would raise up a redeemer, or raise up a, <coughs> a, a, a champion, or or somebody to to push darkness back. Why couldn't God just take some middle-aged person and, and say, okay, I'm going to have you do this? It seems like he always starts with, with a baby, starts with a new person being born into the earth. And it's like, why is that? You ever think about that? Um, why couldn't he just take some middle-aged person that's already on the scene? Maybe one reason is that um, it's often easier to work with, with someone that just has a, has a clean slate than to retrain someone who's already stuck in a rut or stuck in a routine. Um, every person is significant. The middle-aged person already has a purpose for his life. 
And when God wants to start a new thing, he just starts with a new person. If you think about it, you know, Israel was in trouble. The Philistines were, were wreaking havoc on, on the children of God. An angel appears to Manoah and says, you're going to have a son. Samson is born. Okay? Here comes trouble for the Philistines. Um, Gideon. Well, we don't have his, his birth recorded. Um, Moses needed to deliver the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And, um, and he was born for, for that purpose. And it's the same with it's the same with Jesus too, you know. Um, there's always something about starting a new thing and God bringing a new person on the scene and has their life timed just perfectly to be able to be at the right age, at the right time, for the right appointments, to, to fit right into the plan of God for, for God's purposes. Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wineskins. In Matthew 9, 17, he says, Neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break, the wine runs out, the bottles perish. You have to put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. Um, let's talk about some, some little-known facts about surrounding the birth of, of Jesus. Um, we have shepherds watching their flocks by night outside Bethlehem. Bethlehem is about six miles south of Jerusalem. Those, those flocks that they were watching were actually designated for sacrifice at the temple. And the shepherds guarding those flocks were, were actually guarding little, little sacrificial lambs. Okay? That, that were, you know, sacrifices were made continually, year by year by year, to, to uh, cover the sin of the, of the people, to be offered in, in, in the temple. But it was, it was to those shepherds, the guardians of, of those little lambs, that the announcement came that the Lamb of God has just been born tonight in the same locale, in the same vicinity, to be the ultimate sacrifice to take away the sin of the world. The, uh, the location of Jesus' birth, you know, it says there was no room in the inn. All the descendants of David wound up in Bethlehem. Typically an inn would have been a, a second floor room above a, above a house and get up off the street for some some security, but there wasn't anything else available. Um, it was not a stable like this. It was not a barn. It was not a wooden structure. It was actually a cave. Do you have a, do you got those uh, screenshots for me that are on my uh, desktop back there? No? Send a smart person back there to to put them up? I'm not moving. Okay. All right, well, okay, so there was a, I'll read this one to you. There was a, um, an early church father named Origen in uh, 248 AD that said Bethlehem is the cave where people first saw the light. 
there, there was, that area has not very many trees and rocks and caves everywhere. And so to house their animals, if there was a, a little, a little cliff face, you know, there would be, there would be caves down inside those, those areas where it would be a good place to, to stow your, uh, your mangers, your, your donkey, your, uh, your animals and so forth. Okay. And, uh, it was a, it was a site that for, for hundreds of years later, people could go and visit the cave where Jesus was actually born. Um, and the manger itself was not a little wooden manger. It was actually a, it, it was actually a, a, a feeding trough for animals chiseled out of the cave wall, which means it wasn't going to go anywhere. And so for, for hundreds of years, you know, after the birth of Jesus, followers of Jesus, you know, could, could visit this site. Okay? And that's how the Church of the Nativity came about. All right? Um, the emperor, the, the Roman emperor Constantine converted to Christianity. He was in the 300s. All right? His, his mother became a devout believer in Christ, and she was really, really into relics and holy things, and she wanted to go see these, these things personally and, and preserve them. And so if you had a holy site and you're like, this, something happened right here. This was a major significant earth-changing event that, that happened right here, you know. Jim Hoffman told me that joke right here. This, if I want to <laughs> memorialize this spot, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to build a big... I'm going to build build a big building or a big church over the top of it, just to just to protect that spot right there, and that's what the that's what they did with the yeah. with the church of, of of the nativity. So it's um, keeping the the ground at the same level with where it was at, and everyone know everyone knew that's the spot. Well, this uh, Constantine's mother comes in and and builds a big church over the top of it. And it didn't last very long. It was like burned down in the same century. But then in the 500s, the Emperor Justinian comes in and builds a bigger and better uh, cathedral over the top of it. And that's the one we saw in the video. And that's the, the Greek Orthodox uh, cathedral where underneath the floor of the altar, where, where, where we saw it, you can go down and, and that's the spot where, where, Jesus, was, where Jesus was born. And I watched that video several times and, and, and saw, okay, the star was there and I saw some candles that were just leaning over to the side because he walked from the star down to where the manger was. And I, I, I had to watch it a few times to put it in perspective. I'm like, okay, the star is there. The grotto of the, the nativity is there. And like three steps this way and down a few steps that way. And that's, that's where the manger was, the stone manger. If these things were, were built out of wood, they would have not lasted uh, very long at all. Um, so, um, what else do we have here? The swaddling clothes. It says in, um, in Luke chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign to you. What would be a sign that would be significant to the shepherds? Check this out. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. You know what I just learned from somebody that studies the, the Greek language and, and could tell me about that, that word swaddling cloths? These were actually um, strips of linen that the shepherds would, would identify with because it was, what, it was what they used to wrap the legs of the little young baby lambs to protect them from injury after they were born. Think about that. And and so they were they, they were there in the in the cave next to the manger. There's some some cloth, and so the baby's born. Okay, well let's wrap the baby up with this, and and that's what they did. Um, which means in his birth and in his death, Jesus, check this out, was wrapped in linen and placed in a cave. His his tomb was, was a cave as well. Think about that. Um, now, the wise men. Matthew is the only uh, book that, that uh, gives us the story of the wise men. Um, I, I, I heard a story once upon a time of, uh, of a salesman that was traveling through the Bible Belt, where, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and he was going town to town to town. During the Christmas season, this salesman's just driving his car through through these various towns, and he, he drives through a little town, and, uh, and he passes the courthouse, and on the lawn of the courthouse, he sees a beautiful little nativity set, and thinks, okay, that's nice, and then he looks again, and there's wise men in the, at the nativity, and they're wearing firemen's helmets. Firemen's helmets. Did you hear about that? It, and and he, he, he needed some fuel anyway, so he goes a, a few blocks down, pulls into a service station, and, uh, and says to the guy uh, at the cash register, he's like, you know the courthouse back there? The nativity set? Why are the wise men wearing firemen's helmets? And, and the guy, you know, looks up like, really? You, you don't know that? He said, he said, okay. He opens a desk drawer, pulls out his Bible, sets it on the counter, and says, listen, it says right there that the wise men came from afar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, yep. That's a good joke with no monument. But they did. They, they, they did. Now, um, the um, let's 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 look a little bit at the wise men right here. Um, The whole story is in is, is in Matthew chapter two. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the 
days of Herod the king, mm -hmm. behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why was Jerusalem troubled? Because Herod was troubled. When Herod got mad, people died. That's just how it was. And he, uh, Herod gathered the chief priests and scribes of the people together and demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem, Judea, for it's written by the prophet, But thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, he, when he called, uh, he privately calls the wise men and inquires of them diligently what time the star appeared. And then he sends them and says, go to Bethlehem, search diligently for the young child. When you found him, bring me word so I can go worship him also. He, he was very careful um, to have good manners around these, these magi or, or wise men. They were, they were powerful men. They were like, they, they were above heads of state. They could, they, they, they were like king makers in the ancient world. They could, um, they could make a king, they could depose a king, they could say, you're done. Um, I, I heard that when the Magi at one point came to visit Nero, uh, emperor of, of, of Rome, and he rolls out the red carpet and he's so nice to these guys, he's really, really nice. He was, he was very nervous when he heard they were coming. These were guys, they, they traveled with massive armies. You didn't want to mess with them. Um, but he, he, plays, he plays real nice with them here. And then it says that um, when they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary, fell down, worshiped him, opened their treasures, presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. Um, this... Um, It was, they didn't get to Jerusalem until about two years later after the star appeared. The star appears on the night of Jesus' birth. These, these magi in Babylon had a tradition uh, passed down, a prophecy passed down from, from, from Daniel. Um, and it's actually recorded also in uh, Numbers 24, the words of, uh, of Balaam, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. This is uh, Numbers 24, 17. They had this 
this word from God that that, there, that um, a star would rise out of Israel, a king, that it would that he would be the king of, of Israel. The star would mark his birth. So they see the star on the night that Jesus is born, and that's where they where they make ready and they head out. It took them about two years to get there. Okay. Herod is troubled. Jerusalem is is really uh, nervous. Herod inquires diligently. When did the star appear? What's the prophecy? So he's got the timing and he's got he's got a location. All right. And so the wise men intended to go to Bethlehem. They step out the door. They get away from the presence of the king. Then they see the star again. The star didn't take them to Bethlehem. The star took them to Nazareth. Is that news to anybody? Yeah. Did you know that? You didn't know that? I can prove it to you. I believe it. Luke, Luke chapter 3. I, I just found this out recently myself. I'm like, why did I never see this? Luke chapter 3. Uh, no, Luke chapter 1. We talked about Simeon and Anna. Jesus, after he was born, eight days later he's circumcised. Then 40 days after that, he's brought to the temple by Mary, by his mother Mary and Joseph to, um, to be dedicated to the Lord. And that's why we dedicate our babies to the Lord today. And um, they're met by Simeon and Anna, who speak of redemption, and they're so grateful to see the Messiah in the flesh. And in Luke chapter 2, verse, um, well, Anna, she, come, she came in, she gave thanks to the Lord, spoke of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Verse 39, and when they, Mary and Joseph, performed all things according to the law, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. They stayed in Jerusalem, living out of Bethlehem, I suppose, long enough to get everything done that, that they were required to do by, by the law of Moses. And when they performed all things according to the law, they returned to Galilee and to their own city, to, to Nazareth. And so, so that's where they went. And um, if we go back to Matthew chapter 2, Um, in verse 9 it says and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was not the baby young child okay young child that's two years later and when they were come into the house not the stable not the cave not the temporary quarters, into the house. Then they saw the young child, not the baby, young child. This was two years later. And so I had uh, thought, okay, you know, God really protected um, baby Jesus, you know, because he, he warns Joseph in a dream. Joseph gets up, leaves Bethlehem, goes to Egypt. No, God was several steps ahead of 
of, um, of King Herod, his soldiers, all his spies, um, because uh, Herod was going to find out that he was outwitted by the wise men. He's going to be mad. He's got soldiers. He's got spies. He's, you know, in an unlimited budget, and so he he was he he was going to be pursuing them. And um, Sarah, Herod sends his soldiers to to Bethlehem. Jesus has already already left Nazareth, and he's he's on the road down to down to Egypt. There would have been two ways to get to Egypt. One is a coastal road, which is a main highway, which would have been, they, they would have been a lot easier to spot. Um, they probably took the other road that went through some, you know, they took the rural route through some, uh, some other, other towns, I think. Um, but isn't that interesting? So, um, did, uh, did they give the, the star precedence over the prophecy of Micah and the word of God? So it could seem they didn't have the whole picture, but it had been two years since the star first appeared, heralding the birth of the new king. And they were following the clues step by step. Since the wherever the prophecy said, they, they were following the clues step by step, whatever the prophecy said. But they knew one thing, the star hadn't led them wrong. It led them to the right country, they were there at the right time, and so they just continued to trust and follow it. Herod says Bethlehem, the, the prophecy says Bethlehem, but they're like, okay, am I gonna follow that, or am I gonna follow, we're following the star. We, this is what we're going to choose to to trust here, you know. For God, they're they're having to put the put the picture, you know. Doesn't mean he wasn't born in Bethlehem. It just means, no, that was two years ago. We're going to follow the star. <laughs> um, as you grow in knowing God, you will become familiar with the way He leads you, with the way He speaks to you. There will be patterns um, where it'll be the same familiar piece, the same, let's see, it, it, we're trying to describe spiritual things here. Um, I'll just read it the way I wrote it. Um, you will become familiar with the way he leads you, with the way he speaks to you, with the way he works with you. As you follow and learn to be easy to lead, quick to follow and respond, you will notice familiar patterns. Um, and uh, that is one characteristic of not only the wise men, but, but Joseph as well. God appeared to him in, in a dream. The next time God appears to Joseph in another dream, he says, take the child of his mother, go down to Egypt. Um, there's a pattern there. Um, Psalm 25 says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. There's been times God's brought back to me something that someone else has said in conversation. But when he brings it back to me, it becomes God's word to me. 
right right at that at that time. I recall um, when I when I first left the the Lutherans and and joined a, a church like this, I there there was some things about uh, some traditions that I that, that were easy to leave behind. But the last one that was sticking to me was was uh, baptizing babies and you know sprinkling babies with water right right after they're born, baptizing little babies, and and I just believed that because I'd always believed it, and that's what I was taught, and and so on. But um, there was uh, hmm. I've been talking to um, one of my grandpas, and he's and we were, we were talking about an evangelist, and and I remember my grandpa saying, you know, that guy's really smart. He's he's really smart. Anyway, so I'm in the back seat of this um, this. Uh, Ford Crown Victoria, I think, and people are taking me to church, and I, I was I was happy to be going to to the church that we were going to, but, um, but this still this this tradition was still, I, I was still thinking, yeah, but that's that's right, you know. Okay, so if I can find a church that preaches faith, but baptizes babies, now that would be the ideal <laughs> church. So these, you know, it just it, it it took me a little bit, but then the Holy Spirit said to me in the back seat of that car, and he, he called the names of a few preachers that I that had uh, that, that I respected at the time, and said, you know, this guy and this guy and, and your pastor, they're pretty smart, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty smart, pretty smart. Said, well, whatever reason they have for believing the way that they believe about that, whatever reason it is, must be a pretty good reason, huh? I'm like, hmm, must be. Must be. And just that little exchange there opened my heart, just a crack. So that the next time that I heard the word of God preached on the subject of, of, of water baptism, the light of God's word shot through that crack like a, like a light coming from um, a lighted room into a dark room when the door is open, just a little crack. The light comes, came, came right through and, and, um, and I, I could see what the Bible said and, the Bible, and what the Bible said meant more to me than what any tradition, you know. Had, had said and, and it was over it, it, it was over that's you know one way that that God um, has has led me but I'm like I said familiar patterns um, the same piece I had the last time God directed me I'm familiar with this even though I don't know the whole thing I don't have the whole thing pieced together it's like you know this this is God listen to this verse Colossians 3.15 says, let the word of, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and be ye thankful. Now, Amplified Version. 
They call this the women's version. It has more words. <laughs> That's the way you like it. <laughs> That's why I never read it. But this is good. This is good. It says, let the peace, let the peace, soul harmony that comes from Christ rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. So we can receive God's promise in our heart as a seed, and uh, just like just like Mary did. But then, and this could be a whole other sermon. That seed needs to be nurtured and protected. Um, when it's at, when it's just in seed form, and when it and when it shortly you know comes to pass, um, God gives us dreams. He puts things in our future as like this is in your future, and it seems impossible, and we don't know how we're going to get there. But okay, that's that's like God's promise to you in in seed form. In order to protect that, you have to be very careful about who you share it with. Okay, I, I I've, I've I've wanted to be a pastor for decades. All right. Sometimes I told people about my dream, and I shouldn't have told them because they were very discouraging. They're like, "What? The pastor's supposed to be a leader." A leader has followers. Nobody's following you. What is this? It, is, is, it was a downer. It was very discouraging. Yeah. Um, uh, but then you tell the right people, and they're going to encourage you. And they're going to help you. And they're going to say, you know what? Whatever you look like on the surface right now, I believe in the call of God that's on your life. And I can see this thing happening in your future. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to support you, and we're going to help you get there. You know, we're going to help you walk through the seasons because it doesn't always happen tomorrow. Okay? Um, uh, Joseph uh, had a dream. Got into trouble with his brothers because he, he was... Yeah. He was... He shared it and it, uh, it came off as cocky and arrogant and it probably was a little bit and it, it got him into trouble. But you want to save yourself the trouble. And as you follow your star, what God has for you in this life, a dream, um, when it is young and taking root as a seed in your heart, it's very exciting. But shared with the wrong person and repeated back from their point of view can make it seem like nothing at all. And you, you don't want to lose it. You don't want that seed to be... Uh, to be uh, miscarried. Um, so I'm just seeing. Just as the seed needs protection, um, yeah, needs protection right after it manifests as well. One of the great ways that God protects us is causing us not to be where the danger is when the danger is there. Think about that. Okay? Um, Herod, Herod sends 
soldiers out to to take out the, the possibility of any future king in in his kingdom. Um, God could have dispatched an angel army and 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 killed all of Herod's men and so forth, but very often his way of protecting us is timing you out of the accident, um, causing you to not be where the danger is when the danger is there. Um, uh, we can be led by the Spirit of God consciously where we're like, you know, God told me I need to drive this way home today instead of that way. Or we can be led unconsciously uh, by the Spirit of God. Uh, um, where, for some reason, I'm stopping at Walmart right now, and then somehow I don't wind up in this hairy mess on the interstate. That actually happened to me. I, we were, um, a lot of you know I, I, I drive an armored truck, and so I deliver cash and coin and, and uh, carry a lot of money uh, frequently. Well, I was, on a, I was on a truck on I-35 headed up to Duluth, and we did this every day. And uh, we got just south of uh, south of Pine City, and our trucks don't always have uh, something to plug in your your, your cell phone. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a cigarette leader. To, hmm? Cigarette leader. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we, we didn't always have that. And so my partner Anthony, he was saying, where can I get? Where can I go and buy a, a, a battery pack to keep my cell phone charged up while we're on while we're on the trip? And and I said, well, Walmart. I said, you know, right by the checkout register, they have these little battery packs. You can buy these things. Um, there, there's one coming up in Pine City. Let's let's pull off there. I'll bring you right up to the door. I'll stay in the truck. You can go in, get what you need, get back on the truck. And so that's that's what we did. Everything was normal on this beautiful day. Um, he gets back to the truck. He picked up two of them. Walmart up there in Pine City is on ground that's just a little bit higher than the, than the freeway. And so when I took the truck and I'm, I'm slowly going out of the parking lot, I look down at the freeway, which starts to curve like this, and I notice traffic is just sitting there. It's just stopped. Oh, man. Like, what is going on? And so we, instead of turning left, we turned right, we got on Highway 61, we went up to Hinkley or just beyond that, and anyway, that area, and um, got back on the freeway, went to Duluth. On the return trip, we passed by the same area, and the traffic is still sitting there on the northbound lane. It's still there. And we're like, something happened here, what's going on? I went down to uh, Rush City, and, I was, and we were at the quick trip, and the state patrol guy, said, oh yeah, um, there was a domestic incident at the casino in Hinkley. And, and uh, so police were called and they were on their way to the casino. And when they were on their way over there, uh, a vehicle matching the description of what they were trying to find comes flying by on the other way, heading over to uh, the Hinkley's uh, southern uh, access point to the interstate and and so they turn and they start following this guy and he gets over to 35 he turns south 
in into northbound traffic. Mm -hmm. And 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 then and then he's got cars coming this way, and then he winds up over in the fence, and uh, and, and then he didn't want to get arrested or go to jail, and so he decides he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, and he turns his gun on the cops, and they kill him. Oh my gosh! Oh, it was a bad, it was a mess. Okay, now, so I was unconsciously led to and and protected by the Lord. We we totally avoided that, you know. You know, as opposed to being sitting in a in a truck full of money on the interstate and sitting there for six hours, <laughs> it would have it was a mess. Yeah, see, so God God helps us like that. So those are some things about the about the Christmas story. Yeah, just we follow the Lord. We have a relationship with Him, and He'll 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 keep us on the path. He, the, um, the, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, and God will take you to your to the dream in your heart, just like He did for the just like He did for the wise men, and uh, the Lord protects us and keeps us. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the incarnation next uh, next week. So, on Christmas Eve, we have no. No service on, on Sunday morning, but we're going to be here in this room at, at 4:30 on um, on Christmas Eve. 4:30 to 5:30. I'll get you out in an hour, and then we'll be able to uh, go enjoy the evening with our with our families. So, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for thank you for ministering to us and helping us. Thank you for everyone that came today. Jesus' name.